You're listening to Alabama Tradition with Ryan Fowler and Martin Houston on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. 17 national championships, 27 SEC titles, 131 first-team All-Americans, 70 postseason appearances, 39 postseason victories. This is Alabama football. And this is Alabama Tradition with Martin Houston and Ryan Fowler on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. as we open up Alabama tradition and keep in mind that uh, this tape delayed you know we, we're live on a Tuesday night but what I'm about to mention is not going to be very relevant uh, for Saturday morning but we are still watching severe weather coverage in our area and I uh, just talked to uh, Meg Summers and Mary Kay just a couple of minutes ago which is in our uh, town square media center just went in just to get a quick update these guys are able to watch the weather and uh, we we monitor this daily, and we have been very busy afternoon. Uh, I know they've got a tree down on 10 uh, Queen City Avenue uh, down uh, Queen City and 10th Street. So uh, that's the conversation. I'll try to uh, to get some of the other coverage. Go, go ahead, Brian. You just- so that's right around where I live, so thank you for telling me. So make sure you have an alternative plan yes, there. Yes, absolutely. So severe weather coverage uh, made possible by Safety Shelter, and we're monitoring this. and. Uh, for all the updates, and this is the great thing about serving our community in so many different ways uh, with, you know, seven, eight stations that we partner together and get all the coverage out. Uh, we've dealt with a lot of heavy wind. Uh, but we're going to talk some football here for the next uh, hour, but if there's anything that uh, we need to break in and get to you, we'll do that as we uh, talk. But Alabama drafted 10 NFL guys, uh, eight of those from the offensive side of the football. Martin Houston, I hope your day is going well. Welcome into Alabama tradition, the past, present, and future of the Alabama Crimson Tide. Things are going well, Ryan, and glad to be in. Um, been, a, been a few weeks, but glad to be back. It, it has been, but it's uh, good news on the NFL draft side for the University of Alabama. Uh, I have not been able to listen to the Martin Houston Show mornings beginning at 6 a.m. here on Tide 100.9. Uh, what's been your big takeaway from the NFL draft? Well, you know, we spent some time on uh, the Dylan Moses uh saga and story, uh, then just talking about um, where do you put Nick Saban, Ryan, with what he's done. Right now he has more first-round draft picks in a uh, 14-year window than he has losses. So um, we looked at a stat, and I don't know if you've seen this yet. If you take the top 20 teams minus Alabama, so – Two through twenty-one, eight of those teams, it, it, based on the most players drafted. Okay, so of the twenty top twenty teams, eight of those were on Alabama's schedule this year. Okay, so think about that for a second. Then you break it down to like the top sixteen it was like six, seven. Then when you get to the top six teams. Five of them were on Alabama's schedule, and teams one—I mean, two, three, four, and five—in uh, terms of the draft, ten, nine, eight, and eight, all on Alabama's schedule. So Nick Saban didn't just beat the SEC. The Notre Dame and Ohio State that was on his schedule had the second most players drafted. Uh, outside of Alabama, and he selected all of them this year, thus five first-rounders uh, 
on the offensive side of the ball, and that's what you have with this 2020 team, potentially the best one, you know, offensively for sure, that Nick Saban has ever put together. Well, and we were talking about this earlier, eight out of the ten, eight out of the ten on the offensive side of the football. If I would have, you know, if I would have bet on Nick Saban getting ten guys drafted, I would have bet on the defensive side of the football. Now, I know last year when you look at the 2020 uh, draft, they put about 50-50 when you look at offensive guys uh, and defensive guys. But this year, 8 out of 10, it just kind of solidifies uh, that maybe we were watching one of the greatest offensive teams in the history of college sports. Yeah, but, Ryan, you have to give credit to their predecessors because they made the transition. Think about this. Think about this. In the last two drafts, three quarterbacks in the first two rounds and four wide receivers and how many running backs two running backs uh, yes two running backs. Oh, oh well no jacobs was the year before right was he yeah a, jacobs was the year he, before. he was i'm sorry but he, you're right but he's still but he's still part of that trend. but in the last two years you've had eight uh skill players and if you count Landon dickerson you've had what uh in in um What's his name? You had what ten offensive guys go? I mean, could you? Be, I mean, as you're sitting here going through, could you build a team? Could you build an offensive unit with last year and this year's draft prospects? Just about. You have a center, and you, you have two tackles, right? You got Jedrick and Alex Leatherwood. Yep. And you got a guard and Deontay Brown. Yep. And you got four wide receivers and a running back and a quarterback. The only thing you don't have is a uh, uh, another guard. I thought you were about to say fullback. I just knew that's where you were going. <laughs> and no tight end, no tight end. But we would go with this offense. We go four wide. <laughs> right, right. I mean, but, the, but, that, but think about that. If you put those ten guys or those eleven guys, you know, if you're trying to build a team, and but if you put those guys out there, you'd have a pretty solid team. Yes, Ryan, and, and two quarterback I mean, system. Just, two quarterback system. Yeah, you think about the accolades, man. You, you you just think about the transition of a coach who was known for being a defensive-minded coach and his ability to remain great by becoming noticed something known for the exact opposite. Uh, when you really think about it, one draft ago he had a a number one top five pick at quarterback and two wide receivers in the top, what, 15, 16 draft pick. He comes back the next year and puts two wide receivers and a quarterback in the top 15. And back-to-back drafts. I mean, in in, in a running back being taken at number 24, is that not the equivalent in today's draft? Of a top ten pick, it is sure it is at, at that position. It is yes. I mean, so and then you have a <laughs> you have an offensive lineman that, that everybody else says going to go in the bottom of the round, and he goes you know sixteen, and then you have another offensive lineman, Ryan, who had he not torn his ACL, you have to assume that he probably would have been a first round draft pick. And Landon Dickerson, with where he went based on the fact that he was a second round pick, and if you add with the a torn ACL, if you add health, huh? back, if you added the health back to there, you know that he, he goes up a few spots. He has to. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Just amazing what we've had the privilege of watching, and in our case, covering you know sports guys. It, it, it really, really is uh, an amazing thing. Let me ask you a question, Ryan. Do you think I? I I, I, I told on my show, you asked me earlier what we talked about. I said one of the most surefire picks ever, I think the biggest waste of time was the 10 minutes they took to pick um, Trevor Lawrence because he's, he's been the overall number one pick since he was like in the eighth grade. Uh, <laughs> we just had to wait on it to get here. But would you say that Najee Harris to the Steelers was probably – the absolute second most guaranteed pick if Najee was on the board. Wow. Wow. Great question. Um, cause that, that seemed like the mock draft guys nailed that one. I mean, they, they had that they one, uh, picked up and, 
I think they would have nailed Patrick Sertain to the Cowboys, but Denver had other plans of kind of disrupting it. Right. It, it threw the entire Dallas Cowboy draft off by slipping in. I don't think they were ready for it. I don't think they had a plan right. because they, they traded back, which allowed Devontae Smith to go to Philadelphia. Yeah, they traded not they traded back and they traded back with an in you know, in conference rival. <laughs> so you know it threw them for a loop. They had to they had to back up and go, Okay, where do we go now? So just but yeah, I just thought that was an interesting, interesting thing because that's the one pick that never moved. Like Zach Wilson at number two was a lot by the time the draft got here, but Najee to the Steelers was talked about from the time the season ended and the draft order was set. And uh, I think he's going to be absolutely amazing um, there. Martin, what is when you when you think about it, and we could talk this out. Look, look at the positions. Okay, Alabama's got three snappers. They got eighty six guys, I think, that are from the University of Alabama that currently uh, have a roster spot in the National Football League. That that many guys right now uh, in this, you know, draft. Oh, I mean, over eighty guys. Some of these guys will be cut, but I mean, you got three snappers, all the wide receivers. When you look at it, I mean, I I, I kind of thought about this what's been the weakest position group for nick saban it's not wide receivers i mean now they've got you know you have four wide receivers is the, is go ahead what you think of the strength is that where you were going i i, I said i put a, a poll question up the other day is alabama now wide receiver you based on the results the selection and the results because running backs have been they've been hit and miss as far as superstars. Linebackers have been hit and miss as far as superstars. D-line, the only position that has left here that has been drafted, Ryan, um, I mean, that has left here in all. I'm talking about the Robert Fosters and the Cam Sims of the world are even playing at a high level. They They didn't even play here. And when they, but when they get to the league, man, they're they're making the rosters. Um, and the ones that are going in the first round, there's been no bust yet. There's been no no disappointment yet um, of the of the guys who have drafted and had a chance to play um, more than one year. You'd have to say what Ridley or or Amari. I mean, who, who's been bad? Well, and, and Atlanta just picked up Calvin Ridley's uh, team option for right. 2022, $11 million. So right. they expect production out of him. I mean, and so it's just when you look at this Alabama, I was just talking with a draft analyst on as my show ended, and I was talking about when you look at the University of Alabama, is there a better coach in college football history that has put more players in the league? He said it's, it's not even close. I mean, he broke Joe Paterno's record. He broke a 1967 record with number of picks in the first two rounds, so he tied Miami in the first round. He broke, and really it wasn't completely even in all the second round. He did it within the first ten picks of the second round, so it was not even like a half of another round. So he put eight guys in the first 40 picks in the National Football League drive. Just like I'm learning, I'm losing adjectives to describe what's happening. Let's break that down, Ryan. When, When you say in the first, whatever, he had eight guys. In the first 38 picks, right? He did, yes. So that's over that's 20%. It's a record. Uh, but, 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 but say the percent, Ryan, that's over 20%. That's one, two, three, four, Alabama. 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 Every fifth pick, pretty much, was Alabama. Back that up. There was five guys taken in the first, I mean, um, six guys taken in the first 24. Hmm. That's one in four, right? It is. I mean, I'm looking at it. It's 26.3%. So, I mean, that's the beauty of it, Ryan, is that, did you see his interview on, on, on draft night? It looked like it looked like a uh, if you would have went to the labor and delivery ward, uh, the floor. Maybe that'd be a better way to play. If you'd have went to the labor delivery floor at the at DCH, 
you couldn't have found a brighter smile than what Nick Saban put on television. Did you hear what he said? Some of it. Yeah, well, well here's, to your point, I think that the NFL did Nick Saban a favor. He was supposed to go on on about draft, I'm on pick probably like 21, 22. They went to a commercial because they were having technical difficulties. Then they end up bringing him on right after Najee. I think that was like they realized, oh my God, he could set, he could tie the record if we re- go take one more break. Well, they come back and they're talking to him. Um, and they said, well, how do you feel? He said, I feel like a proud papa. Well, see, I, I, didn't, what? I didn't hear that part. So it, and I was just kind of judging from the, uh, just his face. <laughs> that's exactly. But that's exactly what he said. I feel like a proud papa. But Ryan, that's also what he promises those parents, right? It is. When he's recruiting. It is. That was not, he didn't use those words loosely. He tells those parents, I will be like a dad to them. And I promise that if you let your son come play with me, play for me, I am going to, he's going to graduate. He's going to play for championships and he, I'm going to help him become a better young man. I'm going to, I'm going to treat them like they're my own. I'm going to be like a proud papa. And that's what he did. And you cannot recruit against that. Think about this, Ryan. Three years ago when you and I were covering Alabama football, even though he was already on staff, what were the recruiting words? Guys don't want to come here and play wide receiver. Alabama with Jalen Hurst's quarterback is going to struggle to get wide receiver commitments, right? They, they do you remember that? I, I do remember what you're talking about. Yes. Yeah, that was a conversation. <laughs> Fast forward in Ohio State, one of the first players to take advantage of the transfer rule, wide receiver from Ohio State coming to Alabama. Well, and you, you said it as you opened up that last comment. It's unfair to almost recruit against the University of Alabama. I mean, think about it, Martin. And and I got to go to break because Bryant's uh, yeah. giving me the sign. Come back on the other side. I mean, I'm going to give you about three or four minutes here to kind of debate this. Tell me what you would tell a recruit if you're following Nick Saban. Let's say that you're walking in and, you, and you're a, uh, a recruit and, and you're looking for a lot. What do you tell a guy – to rebuttal what Nick Saban just told the recruit. We'll talk about that. That's Martin Houston. I'm Ryan Fowler. This is Alabama tradition, the past, present, and future of the Alabama Crimson Tide. Tats Flores in downtown Tuscaloosa, over 55 years of serving Tuscaloosa in West Alabama. They're open 8 until 5, Monday through Friday, 8.30 until 12.30 on Saturday, specializing in that large inventory of fresh flowers, the weddings, the gourmet and the fruit baskets, always an option, delivery options, it's more than just flowers. Pat's Flores, 1010 Queen City Avenue in downtown Tuscaloosa. Pat's Flores and gourmet baskets. Alabama Crimson Tide football on Alabama tradition with Martin Houston and Ryan Fowler in Tuscaloosa on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. at what Alabama was able to put in the NFL draft. And it just the history speaks for itself. You've got 39 picks from the University of Alabama in the first round. You know, another record-setting year. We were talking about, you know, let's let's say that you're a parent and you're sitting down with your five-star son, regardless of position. And Nick Saban walks into your living room and you serve him the oatmeal uh, Little Debbie cookies. And then someone else comes in right behind Nick Saban, maybe the next day. And he sets down, and you invite him in to recruit your son. 
if you're that coach, what do you tell that recruit? What do you counter? What do you rebuttal Nick Saban with? He just walked out. What are you going to say that he didn't already say and what he promised you? Uh, Martin, what would you tell the recruit if you're recruiting against Nick Saban? Well, Ryan, I think the first thing you have to do is um, just be honest with the kids. Let them know up front you're not Nick Saban. You're not the University of Alabama program, but you are a D1 program, and you present an opportunity that very few people have the opportunity to play. I mean, to take advantage of. And the selling tool is, uh, you know, your school, what you offer, what you offer as a person. And then, of course, the big thing, of course, what we're talking about right now is him putting people in the league. And that's where you say it is impressive what Nick Saban has done. Uh, And the fact that he's had five years in a row where he sent nine or more players to the league. But there are 200, even with his success that he's had, even the success he had this year, there is 249 other spots to get drafted. If you come to my school, I can't promise you that it'll be 10 in the year that you go out, but I can promise you that I will give you every tool, every opportunity, and every uh, chance to use your skill set and develop you into a player that can be one of those 259 guys that will be drafted. Well, and and it just kind of gives you an example. I'm not picking on Auburn here for a minute, but I am picking on Auburn. Uh, When you look at a poster that they put out earlier today, and, you know, you look at Alabama, and they're putting out posters of draft picks and, you know, the number of money that these guys have all made. And it's pretty, you know, crazy when you look at the amount of money uh, that this NFL draft class will make when you look at the guaranteed salaries and these are already in terms of slotted picks and the number of money that you get. But Auburn put out a tweet, and it put out their coaching staff, and it created a V, and they've got all their guys and, and even guys that you're familiar with uh, when, you look, when you look at Will Friend, uh, the offensive the line offense. coach uh, at the University of Alabama, Will Friend. Uh, so, uh, excuse me, I played at the University of Alabama, but he's the offensive line coach. You go to Mike Bobo, offensive coordinator. Uh, you go to Cadillac Williams, somebody we're very familiar with here. Uh, but you go through their staff, and, and this, is the, this is the billboard that they put in. 152 combined years of coaching experience, 30 collective conference championships, 82 combined bowl games coached. And they list the players down on the bottom, and there's not one player from Auburn. They just list the players that their coaches have been involved with at the NFL and there's not one guy from Auburn. It's not one guy. Not one guy who played at Auburn. Not one guy. They've got guys like Matthew Stafford, A.J. Green. Uh, you, you go through um, uh, Kellen Moore, which played at Boise State. Uh, Michael Gallup, who played uh, at Ohio State. Richard Sherman. Uh, Isaiah Wynn. You, you, Todd Gurley. Um, Vander Esch out of Dallas, a linebacker, played at Boise State. It, it's like not one guy. So you're having a counter saying that, well, we did this at other places and we'll do it here. That That's the way that they're countering what you and I are talking about. Yeah, and, that, and, and really, Ryan, that's about all the message uh, you can do. Uh, you think about um, kudos to a young man. I want to give a shout-out um, to Seth Williams, uh, sure. Ryan. Uh, First-ever kid to be drafted that played at Bryant High School. First one ever to make it at that level. Uh, so kudos to him. Kudos to Bryant high school for the, Paul W. Bryant high school for that accomplishment. But Ryan, think about the year he came out and he was, uh, an Auburn white receiver who four guys signed at Alabama that same year or three guys. And he would have been the fourth guy. And of course, then Waddle signed the next year. Right? Something like that? Yeah, you know, you're right. You're dead on. Um, and um, I, I think I know where you're going. And, 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 and I mean, you now moving forward, I mean, Nick Saban's going to get to pick his skill positions. He's going to get to pick every player. But, but Auburn, the, the best that they had, and kudos to the young man. 
but that's the best that they had to offer at that position in an offensive game. It's an offensive-minded game, and Nick Saban put four wide receivers in the league in one, in in pretty much in one calendar season. Uh, <laughs> I mean, one calendar year, two football seasons. Well, and this is hard to say, Martin. I I don't want it to walk away. People saying, "Well, you know, he's taking a shot." Uh, at Seth Williams because I'm not. I'm like you no, said, I'm not. I'm, I'm very proud. I'm not but 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 when you look at let, let's say Seth Williams ends up in a crimson uniform, I would bet you every money I have that that in an account in a, in a checking account that Seth Williams would have been taken higher than round six. Seth Williams would have been a first or second round he draft been. pick. He would have been. So that's the that's the decision that these kids are making. They either go. Well, you know, I'll go and I'll fight my way out of that depth chart in Tuscaloosa, or I'll go and I'll get paid this at another school. Yeah, Seth Williams would have been a first-round draft pick um, or second-round at worst case had he came to Alabama because he would have been taught more than he, – he. you can't teach what he has, size, athletic ability, et cetera. How to routes, how to get over, um, how to work within a route system, and that's not something they did at at Auburn under Gus Malzahn. And he, you even heard him mention that before about you know developing the route tree. Well, that that hurt those Auburn guys, and that's the same thing that hurt you know what his name Schwartz uh, as well. Well, Mark, you you've been talking about route trees at Auburn. Mm-hmm. For as long as I can remember, I mean, I mean, you go back. I mean, you you were pointing this out at the early steps of what Gus's tenure there at Auburn. You you kept saying this that 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 his route trees are elementary, and that was right. something that you've pointed out for as long as I can remember. Yeah, and 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 if people are listening and don't really know what that means, is that's that's what Homer Smith taught us when we played uh, way back in the late eighties, early nineties. And he believes that if you run your routes correctly, there are windows within a zone. If they're in a zone that you can, you can know which zones are going to be open. And if one guy covers differently than what you expect, then the read just goes to the next window and so on and so forth. Or in man, you run enough routes where uh, guys are having to, uh, think about basketball when you run pick and rolls and things like that, Ryan. And and and, and the defense has to figure out: Am I going to? In, in basketball, they have to figure out: Am I going to go underneath the the uh, pick? Am I going to go over it? Am I going to fight through it? And you can create your routes. And that's what Sarkeesian. You go back and look, man. Sarkeesian would run routes, run plays, and Kiffin did it as well. They would run a play on this series, Ryan, to get a reaction from the defense and then call it to play the next series that they were really setting up. How many times have we seen Kiffin um, hold up his hand on the sideline at Alabama because he knew when he saw the defense, he made the adjustment to the play call, he knew how they were going to react. That was because his route trees were built in such a way that that the next time they they would start on a on a crossing route that went to a, a go a go route slant and go uh, a sluggo as you hear people say a lot but he ran that slant over and over and over till he got that DB jumping on it and then the next time he he knew that when he called it he could just make one little tweak to that route and knew that that guy was going to jump it so. Auburn just didn't have that. Uh, that's why they had so many big wide receivers because a lot of his routes and completions depend on uh, 50-50 balls. Martin, you and I have spoke about this in the past. I'm not sure that we spoke about this um, uh, recently, but I, I go back to the NFL draft, and, and maybe, I, maybe I did. Maybe I brought this up last Friday with you and I talking but, you know, we talk a lot about name, image, and likeness. Alabama has launched a big committee talking about the advantage, and I think they're going to do a great job of trying to find a way to create this name, image, and likeness. I still have doubts uh, if the NCA can govern all this because I think it's, it really opens up a, 
a recruiting can of worms that they can't even control what's happening right now. You add another pressure to them, and that's not a reason not to do it. But it just it it just it's it's a lot of lot of management uh, when you look at the NCA and how you can invite that. But let's put that on the side uh, for just a couple of seconds here. When when you're trying to look at Dylan Moses, I cannot get this out of my head. Why we don't we we, we this is the problem with the NCA that I'm trying to explain. It's so mixed up. Well, you got the NBA doing this. You got the NFL doing this. Got Major League Baseball drafting players here. They're going after your talent, and there's all these different rules that are just not that they're they're not equal. When we talk about the way that they govern it, I've NBA player, been Alabama players right now that are that are going out. Primo, one of those guys, looking out and trying to see, well, where am I evaluated at? And then a month out, you make the decision. I'm not sure. Maybe it's three weeks out. You make the decision to come back. I've, I've said it multiple times. If you really care about these two athletes, do things that they can financially benefit from, not you know a free hot dog and a Coke for doing an autograph signing. Allow these guys to come back. Dylan Moses comes back. He proves that he's healthy. I can promise you he's at least drafted in 2022. Yes, I, I think so, Ron, but I think, it's his, I think it's the NCAA and the NFL. Think about the NFL right now. Ryan. Could you imagine if you were the Atlanta Braves and you had a Nick Saban coaching your minor league team? Great point. I mean, I mean, your triple-A team is coached by Nick Saban. That's what the NFL has. Why, why would they mess with that? You know, uh, they're going to do everything they can to keep everything status quo, keep players in college longer, uh, keep them there. Now, the one thing that I do not understand that um, that they I don't get why they don't push or allow a little leniency on and the NCAA get on board with it is the uh, a little longer test run uh, to see. Um, I think if a kid um, if they were to adjust it to me, as long as a kid made a decision uh, about coming back before spring practice started. I'm not even saying up that close to the draft, but you think the Alabama players literally played their last game and the following week, uh, for the most part, they've had to make a decision, right? They're they're not even getting the benefit like a lot of the other schools. And it's one that I really haven't thought about, but but it's true. I mean, they don't get that soak-in time. I mean, sometimes it's 24 to 48 hours. they got to flip and make a decision. Yes, and and so and you and you have these other schools that's been finished playing since December, um, and 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 maybe they had a few weeks, but most of them have had uh, a significant amount of time where they didn't have either. They had a game that didn't matter in terms of the bowl games because whatever people say, the bowl games are, you know, I, I like them because it gives a reward, but. They're they're slowly losing value, uh, but give these give these players and young men a chance to talk for more than a week. Give them up until you know uh, end of February to go through some process. Let them go through some testing. Uh, expand the number of people who can come to combine um, and and give them a, a look see and and see where they match up and what they're saying because what the college doctors tell them versus what the NFL doctors think about the clout of the NFL doctors, Ryan, that has nothing to do with whether you really can play or not. Drew Brees, right? Yeah. Drew Brees is a classic example of a guy who not only played uh, was able to play after a surgery. He went on to have a Hall of Fame career. Uh, but And, and I, I'm not saying that Dylan Moses won't, but a doctor had the potential to have ruined Drew Brees' Hall of Fame career. If, if, the, if What if the Saints guy had said the same thing? And that's where Dylan Moses found himself with the medical of, but if he could have, as you said, tested it, Oh man, we don't even have you on our draft board. And then he got a chance to come back. Now all of a sudden you're looking at 
you know, it helps the college game because you have a Dylan Moses back in college. It helps Dylan Moses because he has a chance to rehab and or, um, you know, get better. Let me throw a question to you, Ryan, as we go to break. You, you, you talk about you left me with one of those questions. Does the Dylan Moses saga of of a kid who after his sophomore year, you will not find a single analyst that would not have had him projected as a first round pick. Oh, I know okay. where you're going. Oh, don't okay. do it. Don't do it to me, Martin. Sophomore year. And he has to come back and play his junior. Have to come back and play. Will the fact of his results and this year, I think it was six or seven guys, Ryan, in the first round this year that did not play college football last year. Will that combination of his, his, his fall in the draft the uh, success of those who did not play last year, some of them only having one year of film, sit out, and the name, image, and likeness. Will we see sophomores of the caliber of Dylan Moses and Jadavian Clowney and guys like that, Fournette's of the world, will we see them start setting out their junior years in getting ready for the NFL draft. Absolutely. Absolutely. And well, let's come back and we'll talk about that. That's a great question. It's one that really I haven't thought about. But, uh, I mean, I guess that's why we do the brainstorming session that we call Alabama tradition, the past, present, and future of the Alabama Crimson Tide. Play. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Showers and thunderstorms are likely this afternoon and early tonight. The storms could be severe. They will be capable of producing hail, damaging straight line winds, possibly a few isolated tornadoes. The high today, 83. Tonight's low at 60. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 65 degrees in Tuscaloosa. The host of the game, Ryan Fowler, and the host of the Martin Houston Show, Martin Houston, have combined to offer a show filled with in-depth analysis of Alabama football and more. Alabama Tradition broadcasts live on Tide 100.9 every Tuesday from 6 to 7 p.m. and is available live and on playback on numerous affiliates around the Southeast. Check out alabamatradition.com for a list of affiliates as well as other great content. been a real close family but lately some of my kin folks have disowned so twang tuesday is continuing twang tuesday we do it from two I until six and i don't guess we got the message that it ends at six but uh <laughs> brian said it does not end it at never six. ends this is like brian's day uh, Brian, do I get a vote? Yeah, Martin gets a vote. I mean, he's at least got a third of this. Martin, how would you vote? <laughs> I'm okay, I guess. I I, I don't really have a, a, a preference for music other than gospel music, so contemporary Christian music. So I, I guess I'll um, I, I guess I can deal with it. What, what was that Hank about to ask me? Why do I go smoke? Why? <laughs> <laughs> Huh? You know, and, and the crazy part of that that song is it's actually catchy, like like it's catchy. Yeah. So it's it's something that uh no and 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 <laughs> neither one of us drink or neither one of us smoke, but uh that's right. It's it's it's, it's <laughs> hey, but it got us in and out of the break. Uh, Martin, I go. Yeah, it <laughs> what it and it, it and people are listening are just uh, rolling, but. Uh, in the final couple of minutes, I, I let that one marinate a little bit. And Martin, I, I'll take it even a, a step further because I want to answer your question. You asked me if, if it would increase uh, more people sitting out. And I think the answer is yes. If you look at the Dylan let, Moses let me story. Give you one other, let me give you one other piece of information before you do that. Okay. No one talked about this. Um, I can't remember exactly how you say his name. Um, for your listeners in the whole world. My COVID brain effect is I have a hard time remembering names now. So hopefully I'll that'll eventually get better. Are but you kidding? Or are you, you you actually? No, serious? I'm serious. I'm very, really? very serious. Uh, okay. Um, I mean it's 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 really bad and frustrating. 
uh, especially doing radio where you have to remember all these guys from all these places and eras. But um, the young man that played, he played for Miami this year. Uh, he set out. His mom was a nurse. Um, Rosia or something like that uh, is his name. Um, and his mom was a nurse. And he set out because, you know, Miami and Florida was an epicenter of COVID. And he made the statement, I was so glad that mom was able to set out because I was able to get marketing deals. And then they just went away from it and went back to talking. Did you hear what I said? Yeah, I did. He was was a young man. He was a 31st, 30, 30, 31st, 32nd pick of the draft from Miami. And he literally said he spent this past year making enough money that his uh, Aryan mother um, at my at Miami Hospital there was able to take the year off because he was able to make money. So add that to what I asked you before the break. <sighs> I mean, there's just too much me to, to comprehend. But, I mean, when you do look at this, and, I mean, we haven't really even spent that much time with name, image, and likeness. But, I mean, you talk about endorsements. You talk, you tie all this together when you look at it and the incentive to be there. I'll tell you what else. that it, it, it almost sets up with what you asked me to hurt places like Alabama because I've often countered this message of Alabama players play injured. Alabama players play injured. No, they don't. They they know if they set down that the fifth uh you know the, the second string guy behind him is a fifth you know five star uh the third string guy is a four star and if I give him the opportunity I may never see the play of field again and so it kind of an incentive to go I'm gonna play through this if you're in a place like Auburn or Tennessee or Mississippi State or or somewhere else you're like hey man I I keep going uh or I'll set it out and I know that my job uh, will be there when I come back. So when you look at Dylan Moses to go back, I don't want it to, but I think it will happen because yeah. there, there's going to be people that are going to be whispering. And unfortunately, there's a lot, they get a lot of bad advice. And I think, you know, kids get a bad advice when they come out. But I think well, there's right, going to be before that person this, though, we talked about it. We talked about it that it was a possibility, right? We, we, we talked. Uh, see, I'm telling you, I'm bad with names. A young man from played at UCLA, was a linebacker, running back, got injured. Um, Jack, uh, I think is was his name. He ended up, he got hurt early on in the season. He didn't play a whole season. The rest of the season, he just worked out. Uh, we saw, uh, you know, a young man from Ohio State last year, uh, him and his brother. I told you, man, I'm, I'm not joking about the name thing. It's really crazy. All right. uh, so you know what I'm talking so, about? So are the, you talking 2021 or 2020? Uh, 2020. 2020. Uh, his for brother UCLA. plays for the Chargers. Uh, the other guy, he had the uh, ab, right. abdomen, uh, abdominal injury. Okay. Uh, what, now, let, let me, oh, oh, so you, yeah, I thought you were talking about UCLA. I was looking up the running back. No, no. Uh, you have, UCLA Kelly. was the, the Jack kid. Uh, he was, a, I think his last name was Jack. Uh, and then he had the line, the defensive end, the brothers, uh, the brother plays for, um, the chargers. Oh, he Bosa. For- yeah. Joe, Joe. Yeah. Bosa, uh, Nick Bosa. Bosa. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. He did. He didn't come back. Well, all of those guys had started their season, uh, their junior season and got hurt. We had not ha- had an example of a guy just not playing. Okay. Two of the top ten players, two of the top seven players in the NFL draft, Ryan, did not play. One guy, the number five pick, had one year of really good film. Jamar Chase. With Burrow. And he gets drafted number five. Waddle did not play most of the season. And goes in front of his teammate, Heisman Trophy winning, greatest wide receiver season ever, potentially, and the best one in 30 years. The guy who didn't play the rest of the season went in front of him. So I just think you're you're setting the stage. 
And then when you when they hear that they can make money, Ryan, and the fact that they could be out, that they said, a, I saw one thing that they said, if the name, image, and likeness thing had passed when Tua was a senior or junior, that he would have made um, over $400,000 on his social media account. Wow. Just projecting. And that was without him working it, Ryan. That's without this advantage or whatever that Alabama is getting ready to start and launch. It's going to teach them how to do it. Ryan, think about this. I, I was at uh, Kobe's and a young lady was there and she had 182,000 followers. And she, she was, and we were sitting there eating and she put out her camera. Um, and while we were waiting, she recorded a video of her scratching uh, off lottery tickets and people were paying for that. So I don't know that it's going to hurt the Alabamas of the world, Ryan, because it's about name and notoriety. Well, maybe I just don't and, understand that. Cause so, so does that happen here in Tuscaloosa? Uh, what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah. This, 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 uh, student, she was a senior at the university. No athlete at all. She was just a everyday and she made student. money off people watching her on uh, a, a video. Wow. I mean, on YouTube. Yes. Yeah, I'm, in the, I'm in the wrong just, business. Yeah. She, she literally just makes a video of her scratching off and uh, people watch that and YouTube pay has sponsors that pay them and they put them on her page. She makes a killing doing it actually, not just a little bit. And so that's the, that's the crazy thing is, and here's the thing, Ryan. I, I used to think the same way you did. I thought, man, this is going to hurt Alabama because there's going to be so many more opportunities um, in California and et cetera. Well, not really. Who who was better known than Tua Tungvaloa coming out of – you think the kids in California were better known or Tua was better known? Yeah, it's it's no doubt. Yeah. You know, you see what I'm saying? No, so, I mean, so it's the so, brand – so then right. it really becomes unfair to recruit against Nick Saban. I mean, if he's able oh, to walk absolutely. in, it, it already is unfair. But if they're able to walk in and do what we're sitting here talking about, I don't know yeah. what you do. I mean, like I, I don't know if it – I mean, they may try to shut us down or move us to the NFL because it's such an unfair advantage. Well, right. You, what you're going to see uh, with the name, image, and likeness and the fact that Alabama is on national television every game – Right, Alabama's on television every game, and and so the players are going to get their names broadcast all over the place. So the name, image, and likeness is going to benefit Alabama. But you know what else is, is going to benefit Alabama? A, a couple, and this is going to sound really, really bad. A couple, if they let us trade within the SEC or transfer within the SEC. Vanderbilt, Arkansas, Ole Miss, is, they're going to become minor leagues for Alabama. You're going to have a guy go there for one, two years, show that he can do it, and then he's going to transfer to Alabama. And then you're going to have the backups at Alabama transferring to these other places. Martin, they're going to so kick Alabama. us out. They're, they're going to kick us out. I mean, we're we're, we're going to be exited <laughs> out of the of the SEC. We're we're not. I mean, if but it's there, like Nick Saban said. I mean, this kind of reminds me of that. Do you really want college football to go this direction? Do you really want it to go that direction? That's the same he thing. He said that. He said that about this. He said the rich are going to get richer. And what he means by that is the starters at other schools are going to transfer to the Alabamas. So the great player, good and great players are going to transfer in. Bad or young players are going to transfer out. So will Alabama have as much depth? Maybe not as much depth, Brian, but they'll have one, two, three guys like they had at the wide receiver position. They'll be like that at every position where when the next guy leaves, the guy behind them is going to be a first-round draft pick as well. And uh, and you're going to see that. I think that's where it's going to go. And then with the name, image, and likeness, the more of these guys work together. And I think Alabama's brilliant. I mean, brilliant move to see it coming. Um because I literally told this young lady because of her background and her major, you know what I told her, Ryan? What'd you say? I said, 
you need to start a business. So she had talked about interviewing Najee Harris and a couple relationships and stuff like that. And I said, I said, someone's going to have to teach these players how to build their social media accounts. You can have a business. You have the creative skill. You have the practical skill. Uh, and you will, you are, you, you know how to connect with your generation that's going to be looking at these football players. And I told her, I said, I wouldn't go after the football players. I said, I would go after, uh, the, um, softball and gymnastics and stuff like that. And she was like, uh, and this may sound gross and nasty and all this stuff, but I'm just real. And she said, why? I said, because young ladies who know how to use this, who are attractive will have more followers than even the not head football players. And she said, I don't understand that. Why? I said, because not head men, people ain't going to talk about this, Ryan, but this is going to become part of it. They want to follow the pretty girls. You know, I'm a dreamer. <sighs> Martin Houston. I feel like I've brainstormed for the last hour. Uh, we have not been able to do lunch, so it was almost like we're catching up on the air. Uh, I, I can't do – I'm not able to do the lunch tomorrow. i got a client that i got to meet with, uh, but I might be able to do lunch Thursday. we got to brainstorm again. I mean, you've given me my content for tomorrow. <laughs> well, that's what it's here for, man. That's Martin Houston with Alabama Tradition. we got James Ludeman coming up. Title Talk, 7 until 10, 7 until 10. Uh, James and all the crew are going to be coming in, and I'm sure they'll be talking about a lot of the things that we're talking about. Martin Houston will wake you up tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. right here on Tide 100.9. Big thanks to Bryant uh, for managing everything behind the scenes. We've had fun talking Alabama Crimson Tide football. Let's do it again next time right here on Alabama Tradition, the past, present, and future of the Alabama Crimson Tide. <laughs>